Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Booker downhill drive to the rim. Set out of there by Giannis. Two to shoot. Crowder a three. Air ball. Holiday out to the corner. Connaughton to Middleton. Deep to Giannis. Caught it. Slam it with the left hand. Chris Paul inbound. Looking in for Booker, who takes a three. No good. Tucker with the rebound. The Suns are not going to foul. It's been a 50-year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Let the celebration begin. Coming back, I was like... This is my city, you know, they, they trust me, they believe in me, they believe in us. Even when we were like, we were lost, the city still was like on our side. And, um, you know, obviously I, want, I wanted to get the job done, you know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side. Like, it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team. And, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way I chose to do it. And we did it. We did it, man. Man, all you superstars out there, listen to Giannis. 105 to 98, uh, the Bucks win and uh, win an NBA title for the first time in 50 years. And, by the way, we will talk about the, the breaking college football news coming up uh, in segment number two. But, um, Gordon, I, I, you I think felt— the, You think the room at the top of the world was scripted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he wrote that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, Milwaukee wins. I, I feel good. I, I think they're a great story. I think Giannis is a great story. I think, uh, you know, he, you heard him allude to it right there, the fact that he elected to stay. And uh, even though it's a small market, a, a cold-weather market, yeah. or, you know, all, all these sorts of things, and uh, he's, he stayed and uh, delivered. And what a performance in the closeout game. Gordon, 50 points, 14 rebounds. Five block shots and was 17 of 19 from the line. All that commotion, and we can talk about what Chris Paul said after game five, but all that commotion about him at the line, and he goes out and closes, it out, closes out a series, 17 of 19 from the line. 25 years from now, when I'm, uh, I'm in the great beyond, and you two are still going strong here on uh, 1280 The Zone, you'll remember that game and that performance. That was something special to see. Like you said, 50, 50, 14, and 5. I mean, wow. That was something special. And I love what he said there after the game. Uh, I, I, I get so tired of people wanting to give up on their situation and go somewhere where they can team up with a bunch of all-stars. That, what Giannis said is perfect. And you talked about a trend that you hope developed out of this series, and that is two-way players – uh, I, I'm all for that, which Giannis is. Oh, big time. Yeah, And 100%. then, And then uh, listen to what he said after that game. Look at your situation, where you are, and make it better. Make it better. Don't sit there and whine and cry about what your situation is. No, no. You're the star. Make your team what Giannis made his team. And he had some help. I get that. And they made – that was a great acquisition getting uh, – 
holiday the way they did. But um, and they're a good team. Your your point yeah. is, is well taken. There, Milwaukee is a good team. There are good players on that team. They're well constructed. You know, I think they're well coached. Although Coach Bud somehow is randomly controversial, but uh, you know, they're a good team. Well, I hope uh, Donovan and Rudy has, has said similar things in the past. Well, I hope the Jazz stars see what he said and observe what he did and, uh, and, and follow his example because it was stirring. And it did mean more. Weren't you more impressed by what you saw at Giannis than if he had gone to Brooklyn? Yes, very much. I mean— 100 percent. And, and honestly, look at, look at the, the scene before the game even started outside of that stadium. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was amazing, and I imagine that's why it'd be here too. Oh, I I totally agree. It's it's pretty. I don't know. It it it's absolutely a feel good. The the good guys won. I, definitely rooting against. Phoenix. It sure seemed that way, and I usually don't. You, I've said this before, Jake, and you know that the moment a championship is clinched, that's my favorite moment on all of sports because you see a bunch of millionaires, bajillionaires who act like little kids. And they are so happy with their achievement, and they should feel that way. And the way they respond is is absolutely genuine. The trophy presentation and all that, not so much. But even last night, I stuck around for that just because I wanted to see what was going on in a place that hadn't seen a championship in five decades. Pretty cool. Great story. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And then and, winning it on their home floor, too, was special. And the way they did it, you know, we talked about the free throw situation. And uh, they they uh, they made nine more points from the free throw line than the Suns did, and then they killed them on the boards, Jake. They just killed them. That was pretty much true all series. Yeah, and they they earned it. So I thought the Suns were a terrific team, and I th- I thought they would win at, before the series started. But I'm telling you, I walk away from the Bucks from this situation just saluting the Bucks and saying, okay. Those guys were the better team. They were the more mature team. They were the more prepared team. They were the tougher-minded team. They were they were the more talented team. It was, and they 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 reaped what they sowed, and they sowed what they reaped, or something like that. Oh, Let's get all. It's just good to hear you finally come around because I mean you were so in love with the Suns. Not in love, just thought they just, were really good. You just loved them. It was weird. Thought they were good. Never seen a gorilla costume before on a person. It was weird. You know, it was strange. Do you get tired of distorting the truth? I mean, really, I mean, deep down in your soul, do you sit there and go, you know, I never saw a gorilla outfit. I never saw a gorilla costume here in the studio. You're just worried that I'm a window into your soul. That's that's what you're concerned about. You, that's you, why you play so you, much defense. You are I, not. You I are can not, read no, you no. so well. well no, I'll probably, so you can read me so well that you create this fabrication and stuff it straight into it's my soul. It's not a fabrication. It's just, I'm just telling you. I said the Suns were good. I didn't say I loved them. In fact, I didn't love them. I, Devin Booker is, uh, has a lot to learn. And, You've uh, been in love with him for a while. And Aiden needs to learn some lessons, too. And Chris Paul will. Chris Paul. I'm going to call you Gordon Kardashian. You had such an affinity for Devin Booker. More distortion. Your guy went 8 of 22. You are so into distortion. <laughs> I cannot. I, I just... Uh, yeah. All right, Gordon, big college football news. Uh, the Houston Chronicle has a... Uh, uh, a story 
the Texas and Oklahoma have both reached out to the SEC about potentially joining the league. Uh, this according to a uh, high-ranking college official with knowledge of the situation. An announcement could come within a couple of weeks concerning the potential addition of UT and OU to the league, the person said, which would give the SEC 16 schools and make it the first national super conference. Well, actually, the first super conference was uh, the old uh, whack. Okay. Well, anywho. Well, you're, 16 teams, <clears throat> at least. Gordon, your reaction? Um, I'll tell you, I've been reading the responses on social media, and that's a bad place to go because all these SEC fans are saying how Texas would get ruined in the SEC. So much arrogance out of that conference. I say anybody who – well, there's arrogance on Texas' side too for sure. But anybody who's going to run down the Longhorns and their program better watch out because I think that's a sleeping giant. And you and I were talking during the break – and you said that's been being talked about for a long time now, and you're right. But if they get the right people in the right places doing running that program the way it should be run, then SEC fans better shut up because that program can be very, very good. And obviously it's valuable because it has the, the capability of generating an awful lot of income. But, I mean, I'm not against it. I mean – my, see, it's funny. Your mind goes right to the football and the fans because it, it's my mind doesn't go there at Where'd all. Where did it go? Well, it goes. Uh, it is so. The Big Twelve is top heavy when it comes to branding football specifically. Mm -hmm. There are two valuable brands in the Big Twelve. Essentially, I realize you know there are some others that bring something to the table, but there's essentially two, and they're Texas and Oklahoma. I think you mean from a financial standpoint, from, a, from, from a branding, from a value, from a, something that uh, the the uh, television networks are going to pay to put on their network television. Yeah, you get the point. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people nationwide? I mean, how much does Kansas State move the needle? And Kansas State is one of the better football programs in the league. I mean, Kansas certainly isn't doing anything for anybody. Iowa State isn't. You know, TCU is this small private school, which, while good at football, isn't a big, powerful brand. Texas Tech is is what the third, if not fourth, football brand in that particular state. So, but how many powerful brands are there in college football? If you're going to have a whole exactly, them up to that and standard? the SEC now has an opportunity to concentrate a, a large portion of them in their league. And they don't have to worry about the dead weight with the rest of the Big 12 or having to take whatever. They get the two brands into their league. That's where the value is to the SEC. The value to, to Texas and Oklahoma is can they get more of a return from the SEC than they can from the Big 12? I, I personally think this is another leverage move, and they're doing the exact same thing they did with the Back 12 back in 2010. How much more do they want out of the Big 12? I don't know. They already own that conference. Right. So what are they trying to do here? I don't know. But I don't know if they'd have the votes to get into the SEC in the first place. Maybe they would. They're, Texas A&M's athletic director has already come out and said that's a big, fat no from A&M. They want to be the only <laughs> SEC school in Texas. Yeah, so they want no part of the Longhorns. So that's already one vote that's going to get them. And they have to get 75% of the league, which would be what? If I'm the SEC, I want Texas. Are you kidding me? These are valuable, valuable programs. Now, I don't – the devil's in the details. I know that. And what does Texas want? 
I mean, like I said, there's arrogance on that side of the equation. Too. I part of me hope it, hopes it happens because I want to see the mad scramble with the fallout. Because do the Pac-12 and the Big Ten scramble to get to 16? Does the Big 12 scramble to replace Texas and Oklahoma, which I think would be the biggest long shot? I don't, I don't think that that would. I don't think that that's happening. I don't think that that the Big 12 at that point could remain a P5 league. Really? Oh, I I, I think they could. How? Well, they wouldn't be as good. But the the Mountain West would be as good a league as the Big 12 at that point. Okay, so the leftovers, Oklahoma State. Although, does Oklahoma State have to go with Oklahoma? Isn't that in their legislation or something? Uh, apparently. Dennis Dodd just put that out there. But let's, let's say they stay for a minute. Oklahoma State and Baylor, Texas Tech. Those are quality football programs. Are they? Yeah. Not really. Well, what, look what SEC, the SEC has. Vandy, Tennessee, right, 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 Missouri, but, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas. But the SEC also has... Georgia and Alabama <laughs> and Florida and all these big t- there's no big time schools in that league. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, but it it still be above the Mountain West. I don't think so. Because with then- TCU and Oklahoma State if they were still there, Texas Tech. Yeah. I'd probably pick Boise State over all three of those schools right now. Uh from a value standpoint, well, I'm I mean not sure on about on that. the field I would. Uh, I think you're undervaluing them a little more than I am. Mike Gundy's never done anything in Oklahoma State, and yet everybody thinks he's running this powerhouse program. But that is just not accurate. But uh, I I would guess that the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten would then make a move to 16. So maybe they grab whatever value is left out of the Big 12. Well, they're already 14, so. Right. So what two schools, you know, bring the most value? Maybe the Big Ten reaches out and grabs those. The Pac-12 would have to add four to go to 16. And would they go to the leftover Big 12 schools, or would they go somewhere else? So you think this is a matter of or just would, keeping up with the Joneses? Or would the Pac-12 just stay at 12 and say, well, no, it's not written anywhere. Yeah. We have to go to 16. Yeah, and the, there's no school in the leftover Big 12 that's worth their cut of the pie. So if I'm, if I'm one of the power conferences and the SEC goes to 16, I would want to go to 16, too, just to hold my territory. See, I don't, I don't think— I wouldn't get caught up in the numbers because I don't think the numbers matter as much. I, I think they do matter because because what's the shape of college football going to look like 10 years from now? And if it's divvied up into these super conferences, then I want to be a super conference. And I don't want to be a, a pint-sized super See, conference. I, but I think it's about resources. I, I think you, you, particularly with the Pac-12, you don't want to dilute your resources any further and, and see why the SEC would do it is because you could add two programs that would actually add to the bottom line, not subtract. I don't think there are the, those schools out there that truly add to the bottom line. I well, mean, that if, worked out well for the Big 12, didn't it, if this happens? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, they wanted to keep their, uh, their allocations minimal, and uh, now they're – Look, even the Pac-12 would have to be careful not to be but, picked apart. But exactly. See, that's why the race, the race for the rest, would be so fascinating. Because does the Big 12 make a mad scramble to stay relevant and offer USC and UCLA? Yeah. But but why would USC and UCLA do that at this at this point? It, money. If but, the but, money. But were you're right. going to a league that can't that can't create any money. 
if because the Big Twelve without Texas and Oklahoma is no longer really valuable. Well, if they Jordan. add USC and UCLA, but why would USC and UCLA do that? Because they could get the same advantage in the Big Twelve that that Texas and Oklahoma had. But the rest of the league is way less valuable. I understand that, but Texas was in a situation where it was it was already grubbing all the money. Right. I right? don't. I don't think. I don't think you could sway to big time schools to do that. I really don't. Only, maybe, only I mean, if the dollar figures were right. Maybe I'm being naive at this point. Maybe if that happens, then then feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But I don't. I don't see them volunteering to prop up a, fa- a failing league. I think I unless think, that failing league reconfigured itself in a way that became attractive, and if the if the, the share of the pie was was greater than it is in the Pac-12, and obviously we know about the Pac-12 struggles in that regard. Listen, I I was a, a Virginia Tech fan at the point where they were in the Big East, and I watched the Big East die a slow death, and that's when what's happening to the Big 12 for a while. And if these two schools leave, it's over. For that league, I don't, uh, I don't see. I, I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them surviving. How it depends. How, it would depend who, on who else they could get. I don't think that they could attract anybody worth it. I really don't. They're not plucking Big Ten teams. No way. And I don't see. I don't see any Pac-12 teams going for that. Wasn't it just a few years ago when Rick Buhaisel was talking about the some of the Pac-12 schools heading over to the Big Twelve? I think that was a that see, was a rumor for a while. But that's all. That's see, this because is because the Pac-12 is a mess right now. But this is all leverage stuff. Here's if if you're concerned about the Pac-12, here's what you should be rooting against: Texas and Oklahoma just twisting the Big 12 into doing something like adding UCLA, UCLA and USC, where Texas and Oklahoma aren't going anywhere, but they're forcing the rest of the conference to be proactive and adding some other big fish. But I don't know. That would be that would really be playing chess, right? What what it comes down to, and I think I agree with you in this regard because I, I think this is the bottom line of what you're saying. If you can add programs that bring value and overall dollars to your league, grab a hold of those particular teams. Yep, those programs. But that's been true throughout all of this. That's been true since since. Uh, well, who who left first? Was it Colorado or Nebraska who left the Big Twelve and kind of started everything last time? I think uh, Nebraska left first. Did they? But um, if that's been BYU's problem all the way along, BYU has a ton of value, enough value to be independent and and do just fine. They just don't bring thirty million dollars of value okay, okay. to make them a net positive for the I Big Twelve. That. That's been their issue all the way that. along. But and this is going to be a controversial take with some people. But as far as athletics go, when when Utah was invited into the Pac-12 and BYU was left behind, which of those two programs had more value at that time? BYU. And so why didn't they get invited? Ooh, that, now there's there's the question. But what I'm saying is that all that stuff could just crumble and go by the wayside if it comes down to finding the most valuable programs. I I don't know. Money. <laughs> Shocking. I know, but it doesn't come down to academics. It doesn't come down, usually, it doesn't come down to academics. It doesn't come down to even geography. It doesn't come down to anything except for what can you do for us monetarily. The one exception to that might be BYU. Well, yeah. Uh, at and, least and, as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. And, and a quick uh, addendum to that. Geography doesn't matter as much anymore. Geography was a big factor back in the last 
round of, of expansion. Geography did matter. That matters less now than it did then. And when it comes down to, to BYU in a Power 5 league, specifically the Pac-12, politics is a big sticking yes. issue. It's not just financial. It is also now political. And I think it's, it's specifically targeted at BYU and maybe a school like Baylor. Yeah, you know. do TCU and Baylor if they if they were available, would the Pac-12 go for them? The Pac-12 would go for Notre Dame in a heartbeat. All you of a know sudden, it. All of a sudden, that that standard gets put by the wayside. Yeah, but those weirdos in Provo, you know, I asked you the question, and I said that sarcastically, in case anybody missed that. But when I, well, the question I posed to you was before Utah went to the was invited to the Pac-12, the Pac to become part of the Pac-12, which Overall athletics program was more valuable, BYU or Utah? Well, the answer is BYU. So why, if it comes down to money, why didn't BYU get invited? The answer is what you just said previously. Well, also, geography was involved back then a little bit. They wanted the television market so they could still get the TV market by adding Utah, and they didn't have the headache of the politics. So I think I think what, there are those who would argue this point, but they're wrong. It didn't come down to academics. It didn't come down to these other things. It didn't come down to who was better on the field in no. this particular case. It did not. It came down to BYU being too hot for the Pac-12 to take. Even then, even back in 2010. All right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll crunch more into that in the three o'clock hour because that's that's tough to get to in just uh, in one segment. We've and got a lot may, coming up next, and it may be changing from a standpoint of around the nation. If if, if certain teams go to super leagues, uh, then then maybe everybody will jump in the pool. And if it comes down to that, then maybe maybe some uh, previous attitudes will be bent around a little bit. That's the split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.